Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com, and of course, the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com, with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very, very much more. Welcome back from SHOT Show, the shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show. Joey Pyburn, freshly back from Las Vegas, and the hangover just wore off, what, yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, we're about to go into our winter fishing season here, but... I just, all that's on my brain right now is hunting. After being at SHOT Show and hanging out with, uh, you know, the Eastman guys. Oh, and man. Sean D and Rafe and everybody at Browning. And all you're doing is talking about hunting for, you know, three days nonstop. And, and you're hanging out with all these outdoor riders. And Robbo knows everybody. Sure. So he, you know, drags me around. And, that's awesome. And uh, shows, me, shows me around the place. Unreal. Killer experience. We're going to put a pin in that because we're going to yep. we're going to jump right back into it in the second segment. But yeah, you the the whole scene down there is just we we have a idea and and a and a and a you know thought and a vision of what an outdoor show is around here by you know going to the Piala, of course the boat show it starts in less than two weeks now, but down there it's like endless miles miles and miles and miles yeah, of yeah. this place it's it's incredible i yeah. mean i've been at a lot of sports shows you know obviously attended all the sports shows here way back in the day when the the sports show the sportsman show was in the kingdom, the kingdom. You know, that was huge the, the isc then, you know <gasps> the international um, sportsman's exposition this is a the whole nother yeah. <laughs> level <laughs> this is like you couldn't fit it in five kingdoms no no way no way no, way, no how uh speaking of miles i uh, i put on a few on on monday the boat did is the, back they did the 700 mile cross state and back uh, routine drove over to Duckworth. Uh, the, the our beloved thirty foot offshore sea beast has been over there since since it spent hunting season back at the factory, and and the reason they do that is hey listen man after we after you run a boat like that for four years they want to look at it and and so that's that's Duckworth development that never ever stops right and uh, yes some. You know, some stuff gets under the paint, and yes, there's there's a couple things to address after four years. But when the design crew looks like, you know, looks through that, you know, they, you know, Sean Curtis, the designer, and, and the rest of the guys, and Wayne, and and uh, of course Joe Trevino, the production man. Man, they get all over that boat and check it out, and that's that's what's cool is is watching then what happens, and it's almost almost like CB's two now. But uh, it's got to be interesting for them to see hole number one come yeah. back after yeah. all the the hours and miles that that you've put on that boat, um, and and the wear and tear and and just. You know, we work that boat hard. Oh, man. So it's got to be kind of cool for them to get it back and, like, see, okay, well, after after four years of hard use, what's what's broke? What's not? What, what do we got to fix? Well, very little was broke. Yeah. You know, but we did wear out some electric pumps, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, and, and wiring in a boat is, uh, you know, is always, you know, kind of a deal. But, but, dude, there's no green in that boat. After four years, there was no corrosion because, you know, they addressed the humidity issue back in the wire. But anyway, we'll, we'll get into that, you know, a little, a little bit later. But also, um, I got to hang out last Saturday at, uh, at Three Rivers Marine in a brand new Duckworth that uh, 
is real similar to uh, what the Armstrong family, who we met at Boat Show last mm-hmm. year, are, are buying. And boy, I'm telling you what, the, the Boat Show is going to be so cool. Three Years Marine has the biggest booth they've ever had on the Seattle the, the floor of the Seattle Boat Show. The most boats, okay? And you and I are going to be planted right in the middle of it, man. I can't, just can't wait. Uh, you're, you're doing a couple seminars for the first time at the Boat Show. That's yeah. going to be kicking the pants. Today, we are honored to have the guy that's presenting the first seminar. In the boat show uh, next, you know, in, in two weeks when it pops over, actually a uh, week from Friday now, and that would be none other than the fishing magician himself, Dave Grable. Yep. So uh, he's gonna he's gonna jump on uh, middle of next hour. Um, when you work at one job for forty years, that's legend status, but also everything the guy's done. Dan Ayers retires from state service, and he's the shellfish bio. He's going to jump in at the top of the 7 o'clock hour, man. He, he retires at the end of this month after 40 years of working with WDFW. Also, we can announce it here, Razor Clams. Razor Clams. Back, We're open. back, people, yep, today. Op- opens today, Copalis Beach. It's going to be a little breezy out there. <laughs> But but there's a there's a minus two foot yeah, tide. There is, um, and it you know it's probably going to be right at that low minus tide oh, where yeah. guys are actually going to be able to get down there and and kind of you're going to be walking that surf out and then walking it back and and getting pushed back up the beach. But you know since, th- there's a ton of clams out there. Since you said surf, check this out. There's a strong cold front moving in today. And and combined seas right now in, in the ocean are 9 to 12 feet with a dominant period of 17. Well, I got news for you. It ramps up to 45 knots this afternoon. Ugh. And the seas are going to build 16 to 19 feet. So 19 feet at 16 seconds. That's going to save a few clams' lives <laughs> right there. <laughs> Thank you, WDFW, for opening it up for a 20-foot seas. <laughs> well, I was looking around, and, and uh, there's just under... Six million clams oh, available yeah. out there. That's the forecast for for all the beaches. So you know we're going to get some better weather here, and the tides will get better and better. You know as we move forward here towards oh, spring, sure. we'll get yeah. a few. You know these yeah. are early evening tides right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I was kind of thinking about bombing out there <laughs> for my birthday um, Monday. Monday's your birthday. Yeah, oh, right on. So I, I figured, well, if I could get Callie to go. Clamming is probably going to be on my birthday, you know. Yeah, but uh, I, th- I think I'm going to stick here and, and get some work done. I've what been is, gone. So, yeah, what is what is the wind chill when it's blowing, uh, gusting to 45 and it's uh, 40 degrees out? That's yeah, that's that's that, and, and it's pounding. It, it's so cool though to be, to be out there and watch those big curlers come in and yeah, flip over yeah. on the beach. It's it's a cool place to be. And, and you're right, right at low tide, that that would definitely be the deal. Ten days from now, Marine Area Ten, and none other than our dear friend Nikki Kester, the Puget Sound Pirate. He uh, he's going to jump in and, and and give us his tips, his thoughts uh, about this fishery. Um, we're certainly looking forward to it. First chance to dunk a downrigger ball, uh, you know, of the year, basically in in um, in in waters, you know, in in our reach. You know, Area Thirteen's been open. It's been it's been okay, right? But uh, you know, for for a chance for uh, the rank and file and. A lot of folks here in Puget Sound to, to, to get a fresh black mouth on the grill. This is certainly the best opportunity. Well, the only opportunity right now. Well, yeah, and, and uh, nobody knows Area 10 better when it comes to downrigger fishing Dude, lives than, there. than Nick Kester. Yep, you between know. him and— I, I was kind of—I kind of, you know, obviously I hang out with Nick, and we've had him on the show a lot, but I thought, I'm going to do a little background check on Kester. Um, 
Wait a minute. Didn't surprise wait me. Minute, wait a minute. When, well, you, when, you, no, no, see, we're, not, we're not talking I didn't that. call the FBI or anything. <laughs> Washington State Patrol. Um, <laughs> but it didn't surprise me that, that Nick Kester started fishing at age two. Yeah. I, I now, look, yeah. I thought I was ahead of the curve, you know, at like five. Yeah. Uh, but but Kester started at age two with his grandfather. And then, uh, you know, he went he to was, Alaska and guided for six years up there. And then he's basically been fishing the Puget Sound ever since. Um, and he, he's just a wealth of knowledge. And, and when it comes to Area 10, uh, Area 9, just right here in the Puget Sound, uh, nobody better than Nikki. Yeah, there's no, no question about that. Glad to have him on the show. So, uh, you know, in, in other news, uh, don't miss out on the fact that you are open right now to go apply for your multi-seasons. Multi-season. Yes. And if you are a multi-weapon choice hunter, you have the opportunity to absolutely – Triple your chances to uh, put something in the freezer this fall. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've done it for years, and I, I'm fairly proficient with all three, uh, archery gear, muzzleloader gear, and, and rifle. Rifle probably r- rifle and muzzleloader probably my two strong, strong, your strong points. suits, yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just kind of, you know, even if you don't get out and do a full, you know, week-long hunt for each three, if you can slip away for a weekend during archery season – you know, and then and then you also it gives you the opportunity to be a little bit more selective. Yep. Right. And you know, a lot of guys don't look at the muzzleloader season thing, but trust me, it, there's not a lot of folks in the woods that time of year. And, and these smoke poles they make net right now. Listen, I was down at Shot Show. Don't think I didn't go look at every muzzleloader manufacturer out there. These things are straight up rifles yeah, now. Yeah, okay, really are. and and everything, the bullet technology, the powder technology, yeah. everything is tight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, the multi season thing is is pretty cool here in Washington. Because it, look, our what, probably what the get, most underrated, get? the underrated, most underrated elk opportunity is muzzleloader. Elk. We're, we're getting we, we're getting nine, ten days. I think nine days for elk. You know, we get nine days in area seven for salmon. It, yeah. So our, our opportunities are very short. So <laughs> excuse me, seven days. It's seven the, days. It's in the area only seven. way you can extend your season. <laughs> yeah. No. No doubt. And it's a great way to do it. Plus, you know, the more time you spend in the woods, believe me, the woods give more to you. Mm-hmm. Than, than you are taking from the woods. All right. Speaking of shooting, hunting, and the outdoor trade show, Joey Pyburn and Robbo just got back from that Vegas show. I'm going next year because it sounded like you had way too much fun. What am I talking about? Stay tuned. Oh, and hit up that text toy this morning. We 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 definitely want to hear from you. Uh, 866-979-3776, powered by Yamaha Outboards. It is the Wellcraft Duckworth Reverse Chine Hotline, 866-979-3776. Give us 90 seconds. We're going to write, be, be take you uh, on a little mini shot show tour with Joey Pyburn here next in the Outdoor Line, Sales Sports Station 710 and the Sales Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. Matt Nelson running the board and uh, watching me making noises here in the studio and driving him nuts. Joey Pyburn. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in this morning. So, hey, Joey, what is the shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show in Vegas? What is that? Shot show. Shot show, baby. Yep. It's funny. We we You have to wear these little, you know, name tag, <laughs> lanyard deals around. And people, you know, you're people said, put... Said pe- Kent Dorfman. <laughs> people who don't, they're just at Vegas to do what people do in Vegas, right. gamble and drink. Um, they'd see us and they'd be like, oh, are you at the gun show? And it's like, Yes. This yeah. is the gun show. Well, yeah. uh, they have a thing called Range Day. So we flew in on Sunday, and 
got up early Monday morning, got on a bus, and went about an hour outside of town no, to the largest outdoor gun range I have ever seen in my no life. Kidding. Okay. So full trap, a couple different trap setups, right. and then, I don't know, 50 pistol ranges, 50 rifle ranges out to three, and then the long range out to 1,000. Wow. And I don't know, there was another 50 ranges covered for the long range. The others were open, and you're just out in the middle of the desert, and and every you have to Robbo and I took our um, our Walker you know sure. head uh, yeah. noise canceling headphones Act, yeah active headphones because uh, you, you're walking around you're having to have conversations yeah but it is it's like war <laughs> you know it's just nonstop <laughs> but the cool thing about Range Day is you can Vegasa stand every uh, firearm manufacturer yeah. every optics company um, everybody's there. Wanting to show off their stuff. Oh, sure. And trigger, like, one booth would be, you'd have some AR-10s there, and you'd think, okay, well, what do you guys do? Well, Rise Armament. We make, all they make is a trigger for an AR, and it's the best trigger you've ever felt in your life, right? Um, but you could just walk up, walk up to Glock. I, I shoot a Glock 20, 10 mil sure. for my bear gun. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, there's, there's my gun. I'll go shoot that. You just walk up, you know. The range master checks you out, boom, walk up, grab the gun, pop the clip in, bing, 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 shoot it all you want. Rob shot his, you know, he shoots a different type of a, a 10 mil. He got to shoot his. We went over to Browning and hung up and hung out in the Browning booth first. Man, so the the, the new X-Bolt Pro, McMillan, long range McMillan, um, so this is the SPR. It is suppressor ready. So they've shortened the barrel to about 20 inches, 18 inches on the, the Creedmoor, 20 inches on the 6.5 PRC. So by the time you slap a can on it, it's not now sticking it's, out there yeah, three feet. Yeah, and you can shoot it without the can, and yeah. you ha- have a very short, compact mountain rifle. If you're going through the brush, if you're hunting somewhere like southeast Alaska where you're going to be crawling through the right. brush and, and the thick stuff, you can have that gun, and it's barely going to be sticking up above your head awesome. with that short barrel. And And these new cartridges... They're, they're, they're shorter action, magnum performance, but, you know, you really question with with a, with a shorter cartridge whether they really need a long barrel. They don't. To generate, you know, because for years— You're not, I, losing, you're not losing much on, so on feet, it, feet per second, you and, know. And so let, let me take a stab at it like this. Let's look at a 300 Winchester Magnum. That's a really, really long case, high capacity, a lot of, lot of powder, like 78 grains of, of 4350 powder in that thing, right? Well, if you don't have a 24-inch barrel, you're not getting that bullet. All the push, plus it's a 180 grain to begin with, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it, you need a longer barrel to generate the, that, those those feet per second because that thing kicks out around 2,900, destroys your shoulder. Well, it does it, right? Yep. So now you look at something like a 6.8 Western or the 6.5 PRC. Those are much shorter actions. Or, excuse me, much shorter cartridges. So a shorter barrel, you're probably not losing... 30, 40, 50 feet per second? I mean, not much. No. I mean, these these guns perform so well, and the bullet, like you said, the bullet is doing the work. Yeah, and it's and, a lighter bullet to begin with. So we we, we shot this uh, 6.5 Creedmoor fully suppressed in the in the long-range McMillan. Browning has just – you don't even feel the thing. I mean, you could shoot it all day. Um, then we then we we went over and shot all the Winchester stuff, 
They have some really killer stuff out too. Then we went up to the trap and hung out with Foster Barthlow <laughs> and his brother Matt. Legend, Matt, champion, champion trap shooter. Well, his dude. brother Matt is just a little bit above Foster. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, and those guys, they're the sweetest guys. Okay, okay, okay. You shot 25. Did you miss one? Uh, well, it was blowing 30 <laughs> miles an hour, by, did by you, the way. Did you miss a target in front of champion shooter Foster Barthlow? <laughs> I did. Of course I did, yeah. But did, um, he, did he shoot, or was he just standing there? No, they okay, were. Yeah. Did, I they mean, were just look, hanging out. Yeah, why shoot? Why? Yeah. Why not they shoot? Get, you just yeah. you're not doing out. anything else. You're hanging out and shooting. And uh, there's six guys lined up. You know, a bunch of retailers sure. and dealers, and so it's like you got to shoot fast. Right. So we get up there. I took the new A5 Sweet 16. Oh, really? 16 huh. gauge. Oh, yeah. Dude, if there was ammo out there, I would get one. But it's really you can't difficult. find sixteen. You can still find twelve. All right, so you get to the, so the so range day. So awesome. range day is awesome. We get, go back, yeah, and then Tuesday's the first day of the show. Um, Rob and I get up early, get down there, have some breakfast, and we're on the floor at about eight thirty when when shot show opens up. We're in the Venetian. We're in the convention center on the first floor. We walked all day. And obviously, we're stopping and we're talking oh, yeah. to people, oh, sure. and, yeah. you know, networking. But but we're hustling, Rob. Sure, it's hard for me to keep up with him. He's oh, yeah, like yeah. cruising. He oh, knows yeah. what we need to see and what right. we really don't. There's so much AR stuff and tactical stuff. You know, we're looking for all the hunting stuff. We walk. We walked all day. I think we did like six miles in wow. that place, and we only got through about three quarters of it. <sighs> that floor. Now there's a whole another floor below wow. that. And another floor above and it's that. it's all in the Venetian. All in the Venetian. Yeah. And then you go across the Sky Bridge into Caesars, and there's a whole nother floor over there. Wow. So it, you could go there. We were only there for two days, yeah. right? You could you could take three. We had to fly yeah. around just yeah. to – and we had to cherry pick and go right, right to the people we wanted to talk to. You could – I was talking to some of the, the people that, that run shot, and they said, you could come here and spend the whole time – and it's impossible to get to everything. Yeah. You can't see yeah. it. It's so big. It's crazy. And everybody's there. Yeah. You know, the Eastmans are there. Um, I got to hang out with Pat Hoagland, you know. Sure. Pat is. Well, you got to meet Rick from, um, Rick from, Pond, from Pond Stars. Stars. Yes. Don, hung out with Don Jr. Don Actually Jr. got invited to uh, to his party oh, at really? the very top of Trump yeah. International, the penthouse. Yeah. You got to go through some stuff to oh, get yeah, up there. Oh, yeah, I bet you do. Um, but that was super cool. You know, you end up in that room and there's 80, maybe 80 people were invited and and Rob and I were two of them. And that's because of Rob's connections with sure. Mike Scobie, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, we were hanging out at the uh, Stone Glacier booth, rapping with the boys, you know, and here walks, here comes Don Jr. and Scobie walk up. That's cool. And they're like, oh, hey, what's going on, guys? Right and pretty soon they're like, hey, Don Jr.'s like, hey, we're, I'm throwing a little party at the, you know, here, let me take a picture of your badge, blah, 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 blah. I'll get you right in and come on no up kidding. and see us. How cool. And th- it's weird because you you hang out all day, you're talking to everybody on the floor, then you go have dinner with a guy like Pat or, you know, whoever you're going to have dinner with. And then Don Jr.'s party starts at nine. Oh wow! Now you go up there and you're 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 talking to people the whole time. Right? You know you're telling your story. How, how do you end up here? Well, I'm a I'm a loser. Yeah, I've been I'm, hunting and fishing my whole life, and it's all I think about. And and it's ended up I'm I've well, ended up here. And and the, and the thing cracked up. They go, "You're from Seattle." They, yeah, well, they, and, they and let, I, they, I think I heard that more they, they than let anything. You, they let you talk about about outdoor stuff and <laughs> they, guns and they, fish they hooks say, and stuff in Seattle. Um, They'd say, oh, where are you from? Oh, Seattle. What do you do? Well, 
hunting, fishing, talk radio show. And they're like, you guys are allowed to have guns in Seattle? <laughs> the People's Republic of mm-hmm. Seattle. All right. So, 10 days from now, we get to go do the other thing. We get to go fishing, right? Fishing. And before you go fishing in Marine Area 10, you got to check in with the Pirate of Puget Sound. Nikki Kester, allstarfishing.com, joining us next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line, presented by bow-mac.com. Everything you need for shellfish and some other fish, too. Well, I tell you what, if you're going to go fish Marine Area 10, you got to go talk to the Pirate of Puget Sound. None other than Nikki Kester of allstarfishing.com. Good morning, Nicodemus. How are you? Morning, buddy. Good. good. How are you guys? Sounds like Joey's doing good from a trip, and you towed a boat around the world a couple times. <laughs> everybody's getting ready for this fishery that we got coming up. Absolutely, dude. The uh, the Sea Beast migrated some uh, 350 miles uh, across the state of Washington, and uh, getting uh, you know getting kind of a final dial in at uh, at Three Rivers Marine yesterday, and some other stuff going to. So yeah, you know, I'm hoping to get it in the water by the end of this week. Early next week, probably more likely. But I, dude, I, I'd be honest. I, I gotta be. Honest. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's been been a long time since uh, since we dunked some downrigger balls. And uh, so, what are got, Nikki? What what are folks likely to find? And, and what should what should folks go into? What kind of attitude and what kind of gear and 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 what kind of what kind of thought process do they need to be successful in Marine Area Ten come February first? All right. Well, we can go down that for sure. Um, first off, we. You know, it's been, what, six months, five months since we've been in the water. So you're going to have to make sure your gear is running. But let's get to talking to the fish. You're going to find some decent fish this time of year. We pushed this thing back um, a little bit from last year, I do believe. And the further you push this opener back, the the bigger these fish are going to get. And the bigger the bait's going to get out there. And you're just going to go out and... Put your gear down. This is how I'm going to look at it. I'm going to pick one spot to start with, which would probably be Jefferson Head, and start looking for bait is what you're going to do. Start covering some ground. Put put some gear down that you can you can travel a fairly quick pace with. So I'm going to run mostly like a four-inch plug. Um, I talked to Joey about this yesterday with the plug show. A lot of guys like cubbies when they're running plugs. For blackmouth in the wintertime, I don't like that four-inch tub. I like the four-inch standard because it matches the bait a little bit better. And you can travel a little bit quicker with it to look for the bait. Once you find the bait and you start picking up on some fish, then you're going to adjust at that point in time to what you want to fish with. Um, it most likely is going to be a three-and-a-half-inch kingfisher or a four-inch kingfisher spoon is going to be your, your go-to once you find them. But still travel a little bit quicker than you would normal Chinook fishery because you want to keep these sub-legals off you if you can. With that, and that's absolutely key because there are three triggers that will end this fishery, and none of them are legal hatchery fish retained. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we Seriously, I mean, we have 7,140 allowable encounters. Last year, we ran through some sub-legal marked encounters that, uh, you know, that, that, that blew us off the water. Um to your point, Nikki, we, this fishery opened up January 1st last year, 
and there seemed to be more sublegals in the area. That that was the hope by pushing this thing back to February that we're going to get in that window that some of those sublegals are going to be migrated out into the straits mm-hmm. and, and on their journey into the ocean, and we have a, a, a crack at some more larger fish potentially. I mean, 22 inches is is the is absolutely you know what what we're looking for is anything over 22 inches. We don't we don't high grade man if it's if it's legal this time of year. We generally take it. So, Nick, if people do get a sublegal fish on board, what should they and should they not do with that sublegal fish they intend they intend to release? Well, I got an advantage, so I can I can pretty much dial them down to a half inch when I see them. But don't net them. Don't net your sublegal fish. Great point. Even if they're eighteen, if they're eighteen inches, twenty inches, try not to net them. You need to get yourself a a deep hooker hook or a gaff hook or something so you can hang that fish over the side and just flip that hook out of out of them um try not to lose any scales and go from there if you possibly can um keep away from your smaller baits there's no way i would put a a um coho killer on this time of year because you're just going to be smoking through a bunch of small fish it's a great bait but it's also a small fish bait um, but mostly do not net them fish. Try to judge them as close as you can. Um, even if you have to get a yardstick and and hang him over the side of the boat, it's time to get an idea how close he is and then bring him in if he's legal. But try not to net anything that's, that's sub-legal. And if you do have to net, try to go with a rubber net if you can. Yeah, go with a, a knotless net. So, Nick, we were talking last night. You know, we got a we got kind of a big soaker tide. We got a th- about a four a.m. high tide, about ten feet, and we're we're going out at, to about nine a.m. And, and we only got a couple feet of, of water movement there. But if you look at the evening tide, at about twelve, okay. we got another high tide at about one o'clock in the afternoon. That's a nine footer, and we're we got some water movement going out to, through the evening. So. If the weather holds out on the first and guys can get out in the evening, you might want to think about staying home, having a nice breakfast, and going out in the afternoon. Going to have a lot more water movement. May find that bait kind of kegged up, you know, somewhere with with a little more water moving around the sound. Yeah, and I agree 100%. In order to get bait to school in Puget Sound, you have to have current. And there's not a lot of current on this the very early morning deal i would maybe roll out like start heading out of your house at like 10 30 11 get down there get everything squared away and get out there for that tide turn i think that tide turns at just a hair before one ish mm-hmm. and catch that last four hours five hours of that fishery and i think you're going to do really well in that afternoon fishery. well that's a really good call nikki i'm looking at the i'm looking at the current tables on navionics right now and then the and, other and right about one o'clock that thing starts dumping out yep and yep. That's, the other thing that allows you to do is work your network you can yeah. be you can sit at home on your couch and you can be let let everybody else go out there and do the work Cell phone and you can fisherman. just you know take in all that information and then roll down to the boat ramp around 11 o'clock and go out there and rope some blackmouth. Yeah, and, and you're and anytime there's an opener, the first two, three days, it's mostly about your network of guys you've got going out there. So so you're going to spread guys out a little bit. Um, with that slow-moving 
tide first thing in the morning, I might fish down by Blakely Rock down in that area, just get away from the big steep water, maybe fish up in a little bit shallower water on it. Um, same with the oil docks, get up in maybe 80 foot of water, 70 foot of water and see what's up in there, see if there's something pushed around in there. And But the key is, is to cover some ground at that time. It's going to be a lot of, I don't want to say run and gun, but you're going to be maybe covering six, seven miles of shoreline, seeing what you got for bait. Um, you know, possibly Point Point Monroe, that side might produce some good, decent fish because it holds some bait at lighter tides. Um, and then once that tide starts ripping on the way out, you're going to end up at Kingston. Yeah, that's and, and there's just something about that, you know, Applico Point, Kingston area, this holds just a biomass of bait. And and it just it, that to me that's kind of blackmouth central right there you know yeah and it, it's funner to fit I it's I do fun too. to fish I, I like it I like that you got, spot you got everything you got you got to build everything you got an edge right there you can drag the downrigger balls right on that edge you got deep water you could fish some suspended fish suspended fish there we go well, that, sorry about that that's the other thing Nick and I were talking about yesterday is you know. It's the beginning of the season, so maybe put one in the dirt and mm-hmm. don't don't be afraid to fish suspended. Get one up up in the water column, especially early in the morning. Those bigger fish sometimes will be suspended cruising up in you know that mid water column area. And that's the rod that I like to run either a plug or, or a, a single whole, bait on, a whole, whole bait, bait, whole bait, whole bait. And uh, you know that and that's that's another thing too. This time of year, I mean artificials are fine, but you know, Nick, you, you made the point about not fishing coho killers and not using really, really small spoons, you know, because they're shaker magnets. And there's a there there's a big, you know, you, you, you talk to um, you talk to Justin Wong, for, for instance, and, and he encounters very few sublegal fish in a green label herring mooching scenario. Right. Well, well in your yeah. whole your whole green label herring that you you fish all the time. The thing about that is, you know, it's, it has no head. Yeah. You've just, you know, you're, you've, um, it's a Sitka tie, whole yeah. herring. You can tow the heck out of that thing. You Absolutely. Can, you can cruise it. just yeah. like you could pull a plug. And it's a big bait, so it, it is a well, shaker. Nikki, Nikki, we had you uh, had you on the boat last year, and it was a slow day, and we took the flasher gear off, and, and we dumped that half-hitch herring in the dirt, and... You know, next thing you know, we're 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 playing a decent blackmouth, and and it's, and it's a lot of fun to play a fish with a plug, no flasher, or a straight bait, no flasher, and just enjoy the fight of the fish, Nick Nick Kester. Right, for sure, and you know, and the, the, like you can run if you run, you know, s- some smaller baits in that the greens. Sometimes the greens will fit in a toby hood, or don't don't be worried about running some anchovies down there down that run oh too. we won't worry about that one bit <laughs> and, <laughs> what i and, what and, i'm going what, to do is i'm going to break <laughs> joey from leaving procure anchovy paste bottles open oh i'm getting blamed I, for that <laughs> whoa 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 uh, I well, just, I could, I just resist. so guys I know, resist. there is a raised bait van <laughs> headed for Westport right now <laughs> to pick up a pallet of anchovies. fresh anchovies, so it. they will be Perfect. in stores for the opener. All right, Nikki, are you? Uh, are, are we going to see you around the boat show there, buddy? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be down at the show. I'll be um, all midweek this year. Nice. Because because we have a fishery on the weekends, and 
why would I want to work the weekends? No, I hear you there. So let, so let me let me ask you this. You, you know, you see, uh, I, we run a, a Yamaha powered Duckworth. Nikki's running a Yamaha powered. So this is your first year. Give us your reflections after a year of of running Yamahas on on that Duckworth, buddy. How's uh, how that first year uh, running the running the gray Hummers uh, treat you? Um, night and day difference compared to what I was running. Um, great motors. I'm running. I'm running the four cylinders, the twin two hundreds. Um, haven't had one issue in 350 hours of runtime on them, and that's my average season is 350 to 400, depending on depending on the length of the season. Um, absolutely amazing motors. Never have to worry about them. Not starting always up and running. The fuel efficiency. I'm getting better fuel efficiency with twins than I was with a single 300. That's insane. That's insane. But but I mean, it's you know that that's not uncommon. Your your experience is, is fairly common, of course. And the gang at Three Rivers Marine dialed that set of that set of Yamahas sure. in for you for sure. So yeah, I mean, Dave at Three Rivers. I've known him since grade school. Um, there's no better operation around when it comes to, to installing motors or have to adjust things because I had a single on that boat. That boat went down. They had to do some transom work and some modifications here and there, and you couldn't tell that it wasn't factory done work. You know, and and they've unreal. just they've got some absolute wizards down there. I mean, yesterday I had something I couldn't figure out, and Chris Baker, their rigging guy, just freaking dialed me in so fast I could not even believe it on on something that I couldn't figure out. You know, it's just crazy. Nick Kester, AllStarFishing dot com. Thanks for your time this morning, Nikki. We will uh, we'll see you. Probably in Area 10, and then we'll see you at the boat show, buddy. Yep, well, I'll be in both of them places. <laughs> right, I'll see you in the duck blind probably yeah. this well, next week, where, too, buddy. As soon as, this, as soon as I hang up with this phone, that's what's going to happen. All right, buddy. All right, go, later, Nick. Go get him. All right, man. <laughs> All right. All right. Coming up next, Bye. Ray Marine Picks of the Week here for the 21st of January here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Well, it happened. The class of marine electronics has just been improved. Ray Marine Axiom 2, brand new for 2023. This is a faster set of electronics, more powerful sonar, feature-packed, and instant-on capability. That's right. I mean, processor speed has slowed down marine electronics for long enough. No more. You turn the thing on, you hit the button, bam. Instant-on, instant-pan so nice. I, I mean, it's you, you got to check this out. Ray Marine Axiom 2. You get your fingers on it at the Seattle Boat Show coming up in uh, 13 days, baby. 13 days. All right, what do we got going these days, Joey? Well, locally right around here, I talked to Dak at Three Rivers yesterday, and there's a few steelhead being caught up on the sky in the Snoqualmie. Um, you know, he, hearing about a few fish up on the Skagit system. Talked to Austin Mosier. He was over at Rufus. They had a kind of a slow morning, caught a couple of rainbows. On the trout, rainbows. slow morning yep, on the trout, fishing, yeah. Fishing, fish, fishing for trips. And he thought, well, let's just go see what's going on on the walleye <laughs> front. And he hadn't done it yet. So they, the water temperature ticked up a couple degrees at Rufus. They went out there, and in two and a half hours, they roped 14 walleye. Six of those fish were over seven pounds, all on just jigs with, with soft plastics. He didn't have any bait with him because he just wasn't expecting, you know, he didn't have any worms. But, you know, the trick is you, you tip those soft plastic with worms and, and you know, you, you really can get on the walleye pretty good. But Dude, that's, that I, would give somebody, 
in Montana or the Great Lakes, the vapors. Hearing those numbers I, and those sizes, yeah, seriously, dude. Big, you, big walleye over yeah. there. So, um, and then I checked in with our buddy Leopold, uh, LPJ, LPJ from Fly Guide. He's been on the Soul Duck. It, here's the thing: talk to him and Mike Zavadloff. Both of them are over there fishing the Soul Duck. They're scraping out between two and five fish a day. It's that's decent. You go; for, they're nice fish. I showed you the pictures. Oh yeah, There's some crankers, dude. Yeah, big fat wild steelhead. Um, if you're gonna go over there, you might want to call one of those guys because yeah, you sure. go over there by yourself. You know, it's gonna be pretty rough. They're having to really work for those fish. The one thing you got in your favor these days is the water levels are money. Right money. Now. It has been as far as a water level year for steelhead. That's one of the things you really can't use an excuse. We've had very few high waters. You're you're looking at a at a week this week where where most of the streams in the state of Washington are at or slightly above their seasonal averages, which is perfect, mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. You know, you, you know me. I, I can't go a show without commenting on spawning conditions and and now uh, and now rearing conditions in our streams and 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 all these well in, more more correctly incubating conditions for all the. Uh, all those salmon eggs in the gravel. We had a good spawn last year, and we had good numbers of coho and good numbers of wild well, we're, chinook. We're and continuing we, to have a good spawn. Talking and, and, to Dak, he said, guys are up on the Wallace, and a, a pretty significant flood of late coho pushed yeah. in there, and they're actually yeah, having no, a hard time. There's some steelhead in dude. there, too. They're seeing them out there, but they're not getting them because those coho are so aggressive. And there's a, that, that's great news. Back Our buddy the, Josh Hopp was up at Fortson last week and caught a chrome bright coho. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not surprised. Dude. Yeah. And, but that's, that's a really, really healthy sign. I mean, again, that's, that's one of the strengths and one of the most important things about keeping our, the genetic variability in our wild salmonid populations is because their run timing is so diverse. If you have all your fish come in at a you know, really truncated time, you you're you're making them more available to you know pinnipeds and other predators and if you mm-hmm. spawn out the you, you spread out the spawning over a wide area man it's a healthy sign to have well, a and then wide opening when they all come in at the same adventure. time they're more susceptible to if we do have a big flood of yeah. flush of water Crank we them can right wa- out. wipe them all out For but sure. yeah you think about that coho run we've spread this thing out yeah. They've been in the river forever, and to still see coho up there is pretty cool. No, without question. So uh, we're coming T-minus, what do we got, 10 days left of the duck season. Talked to Kevin John up up at uh, Holiday Sports yesterday. There's a lot of ducks, but they're just not moving around too much right now. They're just kind of hunkered down and, this frosty, and not flying. This frosty, frosty deal is going to jack a few of them around. It should. It, it'll get them moving. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to start moving around and trying to find some feed. But uh, it's been pretty stale, you know, the last week or week and a half. If you jump in your rig right now and go hit Copalis Beach with your clam gun, you know, your clam tubes, your hip boots, I don't even think you need a light today. What, um, time's, that, what time's low slack on the coast? tide is... I write it down. It's it's an evening tide. Okay, bring your bring your lantern. I lied. All right. Well, it's I don't think. Yeah, you're you're going to be. It's I think it's about a six thirty afternoon okay, yeah. tide. All right. Okay. So you know you can get out there. That the problem is that wind. So you're going to probably have to be out there right at low tide to get any clams because you're going to have some surf to deal with. Yeah, and and you know I mean you look for shows. You look for disturbances. It's going to be hard to sand. see the shows. Yeah. Listen, uh, I went out there last year. 
and you got to remember, nobody's been out there, and there's a lot of clams in the in the sand. So even if you're not seeing shows, just start digging because you will get clams digging blind. And what it'll do is you push that tube in and you start to pull, that suction will create, you know, all around you. You'll look, see, you'll you'll see, see the, the little divots. You'll see the burrows, yeah. And then buddy, doing it buddy with a buddy is the best because when you pull on that clam gun, you're going to see shows around you, and then your buddy can jump on that, that, that little show and get them. Team. Razor clam. Teamwork. Team razor clam. I absolutely love it. Um, I know a guy we can talk to about the razor clam deal. Yeah. And and he's going to join us next. So so Dan Ayers is going to retire at the end of this month after 40 years. Dan the clam man. Dan, and and he's got, you know, if so, so let's look, uh, load load up the text toy for if you have a question about shellfish management in the state of Washington. This guy is an unbelievable resource. I mean, uh, you know, text us up, 866-979-3776, powered by Yamaha Outboards. And uh, I tell you what, man, um, yeah, we, oh, we do, you know, we, we, do, uh, we, do have a couple, uh, we do have a couple texts on here today. And uh, so, uh, well, we've got a listener from the 360. Love you guys. Tune in every day. Well, thank you. We, we, um, and uh, so how long? All right. So here we go, guys. From the... From the from the three six zero, excuse me, from the four two five. How long do you think we're gonna the Marine Area Ten season is gonna last? Ooh. So so that's that's a tough question, and that's kind of like how long's a piece of string, right? Yeah, but it's, it's tough until we get a couple days on the water and see what's for out sure. there. You know, you know. Um, and you, I I would say this: if we get out there and there's a it's a shaker fest. I say, you know, as a group, we'll just back off the fishery, right? I mean, if it's a shaker fest out there, but I don't think it's going to be. I think we're going to have some some decent fish around, but we're not going to know till we get on the water. So we've got more impacts than last year, but there's three metrics by which we can reach those metrics. That we, there's three harvest aspects by which we can we can meet those, which is marked sublegal, unmarked sublegal, okay. And so we got 7,140 allowable encounters. I know in my heart of hearts we're into March on this fishery. I I, I, I really feel that. And well, there, you you always you hey, all, dude. If I can't be optimistic, <laughs> I don't want to play. Okay, all right. That's just that's just me. Uh, when, when are we going to start hearing some some of the test fishing results? What, what's going on? You know, on that's that's a great question, and and that's probably a question I'm going to ask this week because I'm just not going to be able to stand it. Speaking of questions, uh, we have a few for our next guest. Um, I uh, Dan Ayers again, just somebody that has kept the faith and and just been a faithful state employee for four decades. Retiring at the end of this month, and uh, we have some shellfish questions for him. He's joining us next. Dan Ayers, Coastal Shellfish Manager for some four decades. Joining us next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.